0: Check out Dr. Lawrence Rubin's new book, Using Superheroes and Villains in Counseling and Play Therapy, A Guide for Mental Health Professionals. A few of us here at Geek Therapy worked on the book, and it is available in stores now. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Jose Cardona, joined by Lauren Keller. Hello. And Brandon Saxton. Hey. All right, guys. Laura cannot be here this week with us, Uh unfortunately. She's not feeling too good. Feel better. Miss her. Actually, if you want to listen to more Lara, I kind of like sneaky dropped a whole bunch of episodes of our Disney podcast over the weekend. Four of them to be five. Four of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I was a little behind. So, uh, if you check out our Disney podcast called "The Happiest Pod on Earth" over at happy.geektherapy.com, you'll find more Lara Taylor talking about Disney. She loves that Disney. We're reacting to the D23 news over the weekend. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's too much. Too much. So much stuff. (laughs) We're going to be talking a lot about some of that stuff uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. But uh, so today's topic is inspired by a few different things, but uh, primarily uh, 13 Reasons Why is out. And... Right, have either of you watched the first two seasons?
1: I watched the first season, but I, I did not go back for the second season.
0: Okay.
2: I watched the first season as well. Yeah, that was uh, some some in-depth Jedi Council coverage on that one. And then um, I also did not go back for the second season. And even though we covered it on Jedi Council, I had a, a private protest. and I wouldn't watch any more of it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So... Uh, Laura and I also went uh deep dive into into 13 Reasons Why uh, first season and the second season and we're we're actually both watching the third season now and it is I don't know I think I think it's like one of my favorite shows even though if I go back to the deep dives where I'm talking about it I I probably didn't react that way but like I I do I do appreciate it a lot well, and one thing that's happening is that uh, one character, which if you both saw the first season, you're you're very familiar with, uh, the character of Bryce. The uh, upon seeing the first episode, there were hints at a redemption story for him, hmm. and my first instinct as a human being was hell no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. <laughs> that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. And, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about how, like, just in general, I don't, I'm not a very forgiving person. It's, it, it it's like, I've got like a one strike you're out rule, I think oh. for, for most things. Um, I'm not saying I'm proud of that. It's just, I know that's, uh, that's kind of, I don't kind of like you guys said you didn't watch the second season of mm-hmm. of 13 reasons why you were out. I'm kind of like that with people. It's like. Oh no, I'm that was real shitty. I'm not even gonna waste my time. So and then I just I'll just cut ties and then that's it. I don't I won't even think about it much. So in that sense I'm not very forgiving. But there are a lot of characters in media that start off as the bad guy and later on like end up being sometimes good guys, sometimes like the best characters. <laughs> there there are lots of examples of that uh i'm i'm sure you're probably thinking of a few right now and then you you compare that to how you feel like in real life like as therapists when somebody comes in that's done something wrong like if and they want to rehabilitate like i'm all on board you know like i love the idea of rehabilitation and 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 i love helping people who who like made a mistake or or you know, or had some difficulty and did something that maybe they didn't exactly want to do. And I love that part of my job. And I love those stories. And I was thinking a lot like as a teacher, that was something that was like, you see somebody every single day for a few hours, right? Or, or, you know, like an hour every day. And sometimes like, that's a situation where they they do something and then you're very like, then the next day you just start over again, right? And you're like, okay, like, I'm not going to Like I'm giving you another opportunity. I'm giving you another chance. So I'm thinking about all of those different things. I'm not a, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak about it in that context. And in general with family, I'm kind of the same way as I am with, with just people in general. If they, if you know, like shitty thing happened again, I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. Uh, because I don't think, I don't think this is going to (laughs) work. So so a lot of a, a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts uh, uh, sparked by by Thirteen Reasons Why and a very uh, and a character that I hate mm. so so much.
2: The worst.
0: Yeah, and again, and so the, just that idea. Whew, I don't know. So are there are there, Just I'm putting that out there. And uh, any thoughts come to mind? I have a more guided conversation, but I'm just curious if if anything has come to mind for for either of you as we start talking about this topic like where are you on this on this spectrum of, of ideas
1: do you mean in our real lives
0: like whatever you feel comfortable uh, talking about
1: uh, well like
0: is like like this is a serious issue in in my life like it's something i think about all the time mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah i think it's pretty context specific for me there are there are certain things that i'm willing to forgive and there are certain things that I'm not and I'm totally on board with the same like oh no thank you I'm not going to give you any more of my time or energy Um but I also think that there's a big distinction between r- real life people that we interact with and, and harm us versus fictional characters getting fictionally harmed I feel like if for me, I don't necessarily think that there are completely unredeemable characters, but there are definitely characters that I, I don't think deserve redemption, and I think that that sort of comes down more to my own my own feelings uh, about whatever the situation or the character or whatever. Yeah. I guess that's true in real life. I mean, if there are people that <laughs> I know and I've already you know, spent time building up a relationship with, I'm more willing to give them uh, a chance to recover from causing harm intentionally or unintentionally than, uh, you know, like celebrities or whatever. It's like, oh, you did a shitty thing. I don't even give a fuck. You're out. I don't care about you anymore. Mm -hmm. Sort of like how I feel about J.K. Rowling. Um, uh, But... I don't know. Having said that, there like there are people in my life who I either had a you know a family connection to or a long term friendship connection to that I still was like oh no I'm done I'm done those thank you goodbye. Yeah,
2: I think the same is really true for me in a big way. That it's it's really like a case by case sort of situation, both for for my IRL examples as well as as well as my fictional examples. So like. I mean, there are definitely things that people could do and probably have done in my life, but I'm struggling to maybe think of a specific example just off the top of my head where it's like, you know, that's not really something I can sort of just get over or forgive. And so whatever is sort of the the thing that this person is bringing into my life is just so toxic or harmful to me or other people that that's probably better just if this person is not a part of the equation. And I think, like I said, the same kind of approach I feel like I have to the fictional examples, too. Like, I, as I said, I, I never went back to watch season two, nor three of 13 Reasons Why. And I'm I'm curious, I guess, I'm, maybe I'll read the Wikipedia later, about Bryce and this potential for a redemption arc. And I'm not sure that there's anything that character could do that would make me not hate that character. So... I don't know. It's yeah. sort of an interesting thing to puzzle over, and I, admittedly, I don't think I've thought a lot about it. So, sort is sort of um, interesting to reflect on those boundaries and those hard lines that sometimes we set. Um, that certainly have really major and, and and lasting consequences in our real life, and maybe less so, but still have some effect in our maybe our um, consumption of media. In that, like. That character is a pretty big reason why I wasn't interested in continuing on to watch more of that show.
0: Yeah. Whew. Now I'm not. I'm not saying that there is that arc. I'm just saying right. that there was like something happened in that first sure. episode that made me think that, and I immediately wrote to Lara. I said, "Is is this is this happening?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: I this is like this is not what I expected. This is this cannot be happening. Like my brain could not register it, but." I don't know. I think just thinking about that, and thinking about other characters, who again, I don't think I've ever hated a character as much as Bryce, mm-hmm. um, except maybe a few other characters also on Thirteen Reasons Why.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a bad crew.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it really got me thinking about how how I'm I'm not as forgiving in real life, but I am in. With media right and sure. and how those things are like making me reflect on again the situations are very different, but I think just the idea of giving another opportunity to someone or or, or giving the person the opportunity to um, be better you know like why why am I denying that to people in my life again, not professionally because it's almost like it's almost like I'm two different people when I think about it in 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 uh, you know educational settings or in therapy settings, I don't think that way. You know um, th- there are some issues that are harder to deal with because you know for for personal reasons, it's like, oh, it's too close to home, so I can't deal with that. But there are a lot of things where I'm like, like no, like I'll absolutely work with you. like th- mm-hmm. we can you can you can be a better person if you want to be a better person. You can do good things in the world. I believe that. But in my personal life, that's real hard. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, so maybe uh, to make it a little easier in this conversation, um, uh, like, are there any characters that come to mind that were bad and then turned good that you that you liked, that you ended up liking, that you ended up like being like not having a problem with that transition when it was all said and done? I'll give I'll give you an example. Uh, for me, I kept thinking about Dragon Ball, like the Dragon mm-hmm. Ball series. Like, mm-hmm. almost every single time that Goku faces an enemy, they <laughs> out of the group of the enemy of enemies, at least one of them ends up becoming a friend. Mm-hmm. Like now it's like 600 episodes in to the show with super. I, I expect that, but up until about like four or 500 episodes, it still surprised me every time it happened. <laughs> <laughs> like half his friends were people who were trying mm-hmm. to destroy the world and probably killed some of his friends. And I hated them with a passion. And and again, I don't know how, how familiar uh, either of you are with Dragon Ball, but like, I don't know, like, Frieza's like a horrible character. And mm. it's gotten to a point where it's like, man, good old Frieza's around. He's still oh, a bad man. guy, but he's not that bad, you know?
2: <laughs> I did not know about that arc. I'm not up to date. That's very funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even Frieza's like, not terrible. And like, he killed Goku's dad. He killed all the saiyans he, oh yeah Not like, good like like he's you know like he's he's killed a lot of people and hurt a lot of people he's horrible but i don't hate him anymore <laughs> i i had
2: two that came to mind and i think they're both probably really obvious so, which is why they came to mind easily and quickly i guess but one is and a little bit is Han Solo, right? I don't think he's ever really bad in the beginning, mm. but he's pretty yeah. selfish and self serving and really, his goal is just to make money and then dip. and he really has that arc and kind of that the battle at the Death Star where he really shows up in kind of the the eleventh hour and and saves the day in some ways. So that's definitely one where a character that really was kind of a stinker. <laughs> At first, even uh, that's about as close I'm getting to swearing. No, <laughs> even like as uh, as close, or even with like shooting Greedo, you know, and that's its own sort of controversy that probably needs its own podcast. But mm-hmm. even start. like <laughs> yeah, even like that like really sets him up originally how it's depicted as like a pretty like I don't know rough and tough kind of character. And like I said, he's really just there to get his credits and, and then dip, but then he kind of comes back in. So I think that's one example of a character. That's, who's, a, that's an
0: interesting example because mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say he's bad, right? But he's no, definitely no, no, like a No, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not and, great. Yeah. Like I know people in real life where like, I meet people like that. And I'm like, nah, i walk away. Like I'm right, done. Right. I don't you, they're like, oh, they're going to be at this thing. It's okay. I'm staying home. Watching right. Netflix. Yeah, they're absolutely. Good. <laughs> Good example. Yeah. Who's the other one? The other
2: one is sort of similar, right? It's not someone who is like a a quote unquote bad guy at first or at all. But the other one I was thinking of a little bit was Boromir in Lord of the Rings and how he kind Mm. of struggles, especially right at the end with his desire for the ring. And, Mm. and kind of, he has a lot of pretty mixed up feelings towards Aragorn, who's kind of the real heir to being the King of Gondor. and, And he's kind of a part of this lineage of stewardship and I think there's a little bit of contention there. And then at the end, he he kind of tries to take the ring from Frodo. And then uh, I think dies in a way to like sa- save as many people or certainly the hobbits around him in this very yeah. kind of tragic, heroic death. So another yeah. kind of arc right at the end there of redemption.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
2: Again, not someone who is like a bad character or a, a villain per se, but had had kind of a fall or was kind of selfish or self serving, and had a really cool arc toward the end.
0: Yeah, I'm curious why those two examples. I don't know, maybe they were just the first two that came to mind, but i wonder if they do they uh, like are they reminders of of things in your own life that are like the type of things that you've that you've uh, experienced. And and had to deal with and considered, do I give this person another chance or not?
2: I wish that there was more to it, but I think it really it was just the <laughs> the uh, kind of uh, the interest I have in those two kind of topics that made them easy kind of things for me to, that kind of came to mind as so I was I was puzzling over this topic for sure.
0: Gotcha. Actually, I'm going to add one to that, and let me know if you think this is accurate, Michael Scott. Oh
2: yeah, I think that is accurate. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of like not that great at the beginning, especially season one. That's almost like unpleasant to watch. And he has a lot of little periods even after season one, after <laughs> I think they kind of refine the writing a little bit where he really does stuff that's pretty inappropriate or hurtful. Um, yeah. But really, I think, has like a lot of little mini redemption arcs for sure. That's a great example. Yeah.
0: And then when he walks away in season what six hmm. I think uh, so. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like you cry when he takes the microphone. Oh,
2: like, big oh. time. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of attachment to that character. And I guess Dwight's yeah. in some ways. And he's kind of a, you know, uh, the villain to, to Jim, you know, for yeah. much of the se- series. And then they become, of course, very close friends toward the end. So that's those yeah. are some really nice examples
0: brent david i think is his name on on the original office mm-hmm. which is like the michael scott character he has no redemption story like he that's is my understanding from from the first episode to the movie he is the worst <laughs> <laughs> i've
2: i think i've only seen the first episode of that series so i i've i'm not as familiar but that's my understanding as well yeah. you you have me stuck on dragon ball examples now i'm sort of i'm I haven't thought about Dragon Ball in a long time. It's something I used to be very engaged with. And now I'm thinking of like every character has an arc, right? (laughs) That's such a cool example where so many of the characters were villains at some point.
0: Piccolo. Yeah, for Vegeta. sure. Vegeta, I just two just, androids. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> and then it keeps going. There's like Kid Boo Right. And, yeah. It's uh, every. It's
2: like every yeah. saga. Basically, it's such a even nice Mr., example.
0: Yeah. Even Mister Satan, who's like a like a funny antagonist, but then uh-huh. he's like still. Yeah, and that, that keeps happening throughout the series. It's 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 so funny. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> In Super, there's like a moment when they need a team, and like half the team is former villains. Sure, <laughs> but you don't see them as former villains. You're like, oh yeah, they're family now.
2: Right, you know? absolutely. It's, Even Tien cool. actually
0: wasn't was an adversary in the original Dragon Ball. Oh really? I,
2: I so I've never yeah. actually watched original Dragon Ball. I just jumped in at Dragon Ball Z. So that's yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, I forgot he's a he's like, and I wouldn't say a bad guy, but definitely an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think about Dragon Ball a lot. <laughs> it's good stuff, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, do any examples come to mind for you?
1: So I did a little bit of research, and I've got 13 examples. Ooh. Um, you cheated. Ooh. You One of which I am not uh, personally familiar with, but um, I have heard about before specifically because of the Redemption arc, and that would be Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh. So I've only oh, yeah. seen like a That's handful a of episodes, but Zuko starts out absolutely a villain, um, sort yeah. of yeah. starts to be redeemed and then doubled down on his villainy. And then in finally getting everything that he thought he wanted, realize... Realizes that well, actually, I guess I just want to be good, and becomes a good guy. And mm-hmm. it's um, I've I've heard it is a extremely good character development, um, mm-hmm. a, a believable redemption arc that feels extremely earned. Um, yep, in yeah. the
0: cartoon, not in the movie.
1: Yes. Just oh yeah. Specifically, the cartoon. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a great example.
0: Were any Were any of those that you thought of? Kind of as you were thinking about it?
1: Um yeah. I mean there were ones that I I just, you know, remembered of things that I like on my own. Um Peridot from Steven Universe starts out yes. very much uh framed as a villain, has villainous intents, and um ends up
0: She's my favorite character now on Yeah, the show. She's,
1: she's great. And she has like a legit redemption moment where she starts working with the Crystal... Ge- oh, spoilers. Um, she starts working oh, yeah. with the, the Crystal <laughs> Gems, but it seems sort of uh, self-serving in that she's like, I just don't want to die. I don't really care about you guys. I just don't want to die. And then when she gets the opportunity to go back to her, you know, original side her original group she um instead has like a moment of like reflection and is like actually wait <laughs> maybe that's not a great idea and that's sort of the big turn for her where she really fully commits to being uh one of the crystal gems and being a good guy
0: oh perry that's a good
1: one yeah perry dot um also uh theon grayjoy and jamie lannister from the song of ice and fire books because I am not talking about the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The books aren't finished yet, but Jamie Lannister has one of the greatest uh, redemption arcs in my opinion because... Uh, the way that the books are written, you don't get Jamie as a point of view character until the third book. So the first two mm. books, he is 100% villain, bad guy. You hate his guts. He pushed a kid out of a window, a cute, sweet little boy. And he is just evil, bad guy. And then when you start seeing his point of view, it totally changes your opinion of him. And it, it was so successfully done for Jamie that in when uh Cersei Lannister is introduced as a point of view character in the fourth book I was worried that she was also going to be redeemed in my eyes and I was like no I love to hate her but it's cool she's still totally hateable it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really shows the difference between the two of them yeah that one of them actually has redemption and and chooses redemption versus Cersei. <laughs> Well
0: I mean in the series it gets to a point where Cersei is so like I wouldn't say redeemed but when they like the first shame scenes mm. it like that show it took it to a point I don't I don't know if you guys feel the same way but it it took it to a point where I felt sympathy for her and mm-hmm. I never thought I would feel that for her ever and even at the end of the series there are moments where you're like oh like you don't you don't hate her nearly as much as you thought you would at this point. And I think that that is. I still really hate her. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm
1: not saying. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, like, I've, I've read other people who are also like, like, damn. like.
1: No, I, ugh, I do think they did a yeah. good job. It, if at least like still hating her guts, part of you did feel bad for her in that moment.
0: That's the, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's impressive.
1: I think that reflects more on, on the, the viewers and the audience and, and our ability to... You know, it, have sympathy and empathy for characters more than it says anything about Cersei and her uh, redemption or lack thereof. Yeah, actually, I think mm. that's a that's a good. I, I think we're we're talking about redemption sort of broadly, but I do think that there are two sort of distinct distinct sides to redemption, and there that's the the redemption in the eyes of other people versus the redemption in your your own heart if you feel that you have redeemed yourself versus if other people treat you as if you have been redeemed and and i think that there's a lot of really interesting uh character development that can go in in looking at it from those two perspectives because there are definitely characters
0: well and and i'll jump on that and say that that's a that's a great point that Maybe I didn't bring it up from that context from the beginning. I'm thinking of it in how I interact with other people who may or may not be experiencing a, a redemption arc uh, in their own lives or you know the need or or the possibility of redemption. but I remember when I was younger feeling that like seeing examples um, in media and thinking, oh well then that I can be redeemed, like my story can be better, or I, can, I did something and I feel really bad, and maybe, maybe I can also be good, because I didn't feel like I could be good before because of something bad that I did. Way back in 2011, I found a book called Using Superheroes in Counseling and Play Therapy by Dr. Lawrence Rubin, and it was one of the first books to validate some of the crazy ideas I had as a counseling intern. Dr. Rubin just published a follow-up to that book titled Using Superheroes and Villains in Counseling and Play Therapy. It features chapters by many friends of Geek Therapy, including Sophia Ansari, Janina Scarlett, Steve Kuniak, Luisa Garski, Justine Mastin, and our very own Lara Taylor. And I had the honor of writing the foreword. Using superheroes and villains in counseling and play therapy is available in stores now.
1: I've got I've got an example. Um, uh, the character Polnareff from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the Stardust Crusaders. Uh, Polnareff starts out as an enemy who is being mind controlled by the main bad guy. They release him from the mind control. And he's like, well, I guess I'll join up with you guys because eventually you're going to encounter the man who killed my sister, who is my entire motivation is revenge for him killing my sister. So he joins up with them. And then at a certain point, he gets the opportunity to go after the man responsible for his sister's death. And instead of doing the smart thing or, uh, you know, considering the needs of the team he has joined, he's just like, fuck this. I'm ditching you and I'm going to go do my thing. And they're like, no, that's a stupid idea. Don't do that. And he's like, nah, and does it anyways. And it ends up, it ends up uh, basically getting one of the other characters killed. And he, It really fucks him up. And basically everyone's like this, you know, you, you fucked up, you made a mistake and it caused somebody we really need to be dead. And that's going to make our whole biz way harder now. And he feels really terrible about that. And he has this sort of redemption point where um, he makes up for that happening but he personally doesn't feel redeemed yet. His his team is like, You're good but he's still like I, I have to do more and that ends up you know, I'm not I'm not going to go into spoilers for that so much because it's like 40 chapters of stuff or like 140 chapters. Um, but anyways, he has another moment where it's more about his his own redemption from his own point of view. He's already been redeemed in the eyes of his friends and his his colleagues, but he still feels he has more to do for himself. And I think that that, that makes his character really interesting because you see him accepting you know, the love and friendship and acceptance from the other people, but part of him is still holding up a wall because he doesn't feel he's truly redeemed yet. Huh.
0: <laughs> that reminds me of two characters who it's a little different. Um, so I'll, I'll say this one first. I'll say uh, Darth Vader, mm. when we meet him, he is a bad guy. When we go to the prequels and we meet him again, he's like this cute kid. Right. I, don't, I don't know if you remember the poster for the original film where it's got like small Anakin Skywalker and the shadow is Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And it is so strange to see that movie and know this is, this is going to be Darth Vader. And then throughout three movies and many episodes of The Clone Wars, you meet Anakin Skywalker, the hero, who cares about people and gets like manipulated and does things that he really didn't want to do. And Darth Vader's story, I mean, there's like, there's the comic books and there's other things that you can see. Plus, I mean, we know that at the end of uh, return of the Jedi, he redeems himself like Mm -hmm. very quickly. (laughs) Right. But we know that he struggles for a long time with what he did when he was younger. And he's kind of like, he feels trapped in, in that role of, of being Darth Vader. And, it is, it is so sad. And I always, I don't know. I don't really know star Wars without the prequels. So to me, Darth Vader, wasn't just a bad guy, you know, like I wasn't, I didn't think about him that way. Um, but when you think about it in, in the full context, it's, it's like, you're, you're seeing it in reverse. Uh, like you get to see him as the bad guy. And then you also get to see him as not the bad guy before. And it was like, I don't know. There's a lot of mixed feelings, uh, with, with star Wars. And, because of Darth Vader. And another example is uh Angel and Buffy. Mm-hmm.
1: I have both Faith and Spike written in my list.
0: Yeah, well, I was I was going to bring up Spike but but Angel is interesting because when we meet Angel, he's a hero. He's a love interest, but actually he's like hundreds of years into his redemption arc when we yep. meet him. Right? He did all the bad stuff. He was the worst. Mm-hmm. And Now he's trying to make up for it and he he never stops trying to make up for it. But because we meet him when he's already good, then we don't, like, you you never hate Angel, right? And then, like, when he reverts back to Angelus, like, you still feel, you're like, no, Angel, be Angel again. But you forget that, like, he killed a lot of people and did a lot of horrible things. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I I yeah, I think both Angel and Spike um, fit in this topic really well. Um, like you said, yeah. Angel, we we meet him when he's already in the process of his his own unending redemption. Um, but yeah. Spike starts out as like full- on villain and um, mm-hmm. he ends up being, I think, a, a really interesting character in the yeah. framework of Buffy. Um, because yeah. he, unlike Angel, who is uh, cursed with a soul and then therefore becomes cognizant of all of the horrible things he did and seeks redemption, Spike never gets a soul and is basically just comes to the realization like, wow, I'm awful and the the only, you know, I, I want to be good I want to do good now and it's less um, externalized forced upon him and it's more of a personal choice for redemption one that is uh much less certain than angels perhaps because he doesn't have a soul so even if he is good there's not like a a good outcome for him he's he's still gonna be a demon yeah. um but I think I think both of them, are really cool F- faith also fits in there but um I, I don't think she's as good of a fit because she starts out sort of anti-hero and then sort of yeah. slides into like soft villainy and then slides into maybe hard villainy and, <laughs> and yeah It um, doesn't last
0: very long right she's she, like, yeah no she's, she's still a slayer and at the end she's a good slayer <laughs>
1: right? yeah she she ends up redeeming herself um pretty much right after her big, major, most evil thing that she does is like, oh. Yeah. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I didn't actually want to do that.
0: Willow has a deep a dip also, mm-hmm. right? Where she goes she goes evil and then comes back. I don't know. I think those yeah, stories are really- I don't think really that
1: in- one's so much about her being redeemed as it is her being saved by Xander. I think that's more about- I think that ends up being more about Xander, not necessarily redemption, but Xander coming to recognize his own value and power within the friend group. Um, but that's a whole we could go into Buffy for many hours. Let's, let's let's move on. I I don't want to get into my deep Buffy theories.
0: But these are all I examples do. of people who like did bad things. Mm-hmm. And we're even like in the context of these fictional stories were the villains or the bad guys, even if just for a few episodes, they did things that were, that were bad, but then they were still able to come back from that. And I think it's so important to see examples of that, to see, mm-hmm. to see that again, I framed it in the beginning because of the way I was thinking about it was like, could I ever possibly like s- even sit down and have a coffee with Bryce Walker? <laughs> But then you take that to, to 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 like you know you flip that around and it's like, well, if I had done horrible things and I didn't want to be want to be known for that or wanted to do better, if I wanted to be like Spike, if I wanted to be like so many of these other characters that we've talked about, is that possible? And I think like the 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 power of this is a big media matters episode, really, because the idea if like once we can see it i think oh well, then the idea gets in our head and if mm-hmm. we and it's important to see those stories and see them often and and see them in different mediums and in different genres right and those are interesting characters but i think that they they're they're meaningful characters they really they really matter because some people might not even consider the fact that they that they could forgive someone else, or that someone else in their life could be, could possibly change for the better, or that we could be accepted by other people again, or that we could do good in the world after doing something very bad.
1: Yeah, I think um, a really, really powerful example of this is Bojack Horseman. And mm-hmm. the reason why I think that it's such a good example is that. Bojack is awful with moments of goodness, some of which are from a self-centered place and some of which are legitimately he wants to do good. But I like, I like how Bojack shows that redemption isn't ever really a single act. Like a lot of these other, you know, with Darth Vader is like you do you do the one good thing and now you're redeemed GG. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Bojack is like every, you know, every two steps forward is a step back. And and, and there are character interactions where he has done good things that has r- redeemed him, but it doesn't necessarily make you know, all of that bad stuff disappear and go away, clean slate. It's like, I forgive you for what you did, but I, you know, I don't want to have a relationship with you anymore. Like, you've, you've been redeemed in my eyes, but not to the point that I want, I want you in my life. And how, how intricate that is, where, you know, the, like, like I said earlier, redemption in the eyes of others versus redemption in the eyes of yourself, and how, All of that stuff mixes together into this really complicated thing, and everybody's going to have different lines at which a person becomes unredeemable or an action becomes unredeemable. And I think BoJack Horseman does a really good job of of showing that intricacy in such a a really powerful and, and meaningful way, because it's both like, hey everybody's going to fuck up at some point and you're not always going to be able to fix it, but that doesn't mean it's not worth trying. And and I, I like that. I like that take of, you know, even if you don't think that there is true, you know, final redemption period available to you, that there is still something valuable in trying to do good. Anyways.
0: It's important. Hmm.
2: I wonder if that same model applies to Rick of Rick and Morty, who Hmm. in my opinion, is not really redeemed. Uh he ever every once in a while does something that seems like maybe he did it for a good reason, but then usually later on you find out that it was maybe selfish or self-serving in some way actually. But I'm I'm thinking about that that character's kind of overall arc right now, and how does it fit into this model?
1: I think that's that's also a, a good angle. Is that like you know, for all of these characters that we named, there there is the ability to to try and get redemption from a selfish, self serving place, and still be redeemed via your actions. Like, does that mean it's less meaningful because you were you were doing it for a selfish reason, or you know, how how much does it matter if it does matter and that kind of stuff? I think that adds a lot of depth to the conversation.
0: I always misquote the Dalai Lama, but there's something like uh, it doesn't matter what the person's intention was uh, as long as they did good. Mm. Um, but so I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you like Rick as a character?
2: Uh I enjoy watching the character, but I, he's this character who I kind of want to like, um, hmm. but like, Do you wish ill upon him? No, no, definitely not. I, I, well, there Yeah, there are definitely times. He's a character who I wish for things to be going better for, I guess, really. I think he's a character with hmm. a lot of pain and sadness and, and inner turmoil who I, I wish could sort that out and be- happier and healthier I guess but I don't think that I particularly like him as a character I think he has likable features but I don't (laughs) I don't think I like him
0: so I ask I ask it that way because the first time I saw Rick and Morty, I saw that first episode I was like Mm -hmm. I can't stand Rick Mm -hmm. I'm not watching this anymore and then I watched a i don't know like a year went by i watched the first episode again i was like nope still don't like rick not watching him (laughs) and then i think it happened a third time if not the third time i was like oh but i'm gonna push through it i think it's because there was a podcast uh that i wanted to listen to about it and (laughs) um everything that you just said about him it's like oh you empathize and you Mm -hmm. you wish he was like you see him suffering and you wish uh you don't wish ill upon him, right? Like there are characters when I see, like, like again, like Bryce Walker, like, oh, like I Ugh. wish he'd die, you know, like please somebody run him over, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's like it's strong negative feelings <laughs> towards Bryce Walker, uh, but Rick, yeah, like I, I, I love Rick and Morty now. I really like that show, mm-hmm. it's and good. and I actually like Rick as a character, which is which I didn't like at the beginning, but like it's because over time we got to know him better and we saw different things and. I think in general he's kind of a dick, but just being a dick isn't a villain. Right. And also, like, even when he does good, he's very, uh, he's very, well, he's just a dick about it, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's, he's not very uh, tactful. He's not very caring, right? Like, he saved the world many, many, many oh. times. He's probably saved the universe tons of times. And, but at the same time, like he's killed a lot of people and done a lot of harm and like destroyed worlds casually. Yeah. Just like, oops, mm. <laughs> uh, you know, destroyed a universe or two or created one, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's incredible. I like that show a lot now.
1: I think, I think that's actually really interesting because we, as the viewers have, you know, s- sympathy, empathy for Rick and we want, we want him to be better we want some sort of redemption for him but i don't think that rick the character believes in re- redemption as an idea no. i think i think he would reject that completely and i think that's part of what makes his character interesting to us is that we want for him what he doesn't believe in at all
0: yeah even even beyond redemption just on the, on the more basic level of he can be like that and Morty still loves him, mm-hmm. and his daughter still loves him, and eventually his son in law you know comes to <laughs> comes to like him, <laughs> and the granddaughter wants to spend more time with him, and he actually has a bunch of friends you know like it's it's one of these things where you can still be that character and and still it's it's complicated, right, but you can still have mm-hmm. all of these things that maybe you might think oh it are impossible to have like he still has a family he still has Love, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting.
0: But sometimes like that's that's like all we want, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm.
2: I thought of another character too. Yeah. Go for it. Loki, right? He has a lot of yeah. ups and downs as a character. Little stupid Loki. <laughs> little redemptions, but also uh still kind of causing mischief. That's another interesting one.
0: That, that is a very interesting one.
2: I mean where do you fall even with him? I mean just dis- largely destroyed New York in a lot of ways in Avengers. That's that's problematic behavior. Um I mean then yeah. you get into some of the Thor sequels and he's okay, I think. Sort of a little helpful. Um I
0: mean Loki's going to Loki, but right. but you're right. He's definitely not uh the villain that we see in in the first, his first two appearances, right, which are mm-hmm. like Thor and and Avengers. You know what? We should just give him a whole series so we can really explore that right. character, <laughs> really dig
2: into this character, and figure out what is the arc. Wait a sec.
0: <laughs> I mean, he does like right by by the end of Ragnarok, and then and at the beginning of Infinity War, like he, he he's not a bad guy. No, he's he's pretty good.
2: Then pretty helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah, he tries to be at least. Yeah.
2: The best um, way he can,
0: yeah, yeah, and a lot of people love Loki as a character, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think a lot of those characters are are complicated, but they're, and I guess like Loki's lovable, right? I just said like people love him, right? <laughs> like these characters mm-hmm. can still, and you don't want to see him go bad. You want to see you want to see him be right. more good. You want him to like be Thor's brother. We we mourn him when he dies because like we mourn with Thor, you mm-hmm. know, when his brother dies. That's a good example. That's a good example.
2: Nebula too has a kind of interesting redemption arc in that universe.
0: For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Maybe a little more linear than Loki's in some way, but, but still really cool and interesting.
0: Yeah. This is going more me- uh, psychology than mental health, I think, now. Uh, but I'm thinking of characters like Loki and Rick who have these uh like grandiose yeah. um ideas right like to them people aren't people to them people are very small so there's like a lot of collateral damage you know and a lot of these mm-hmm. characters like they're they're thinking on another level so they're hurting people but they're not to them they're not hurting people right which is different because people are just so small there's a lot of uh characters who then eventually like see oh what are, those are like oh like people matter <laughs> Like, they're not just uh, disposable and, and I can just do whatever I want with them. But then characters like, um, who, who was I thinking of? Oh, Nebula, who are raised a certain way, which is very similar to the Zuko, uh, example. Like, mm-hmm. he was raised by a conqueror. And so to him, like, he's a villain when we meet him, but that's because, like, he was raised to be that way. And Mm -hmm. through interactions with other people and seeing the world, and like, basically, like through like, they're they're ignorant first, and then they they learn all of these other things. It's like, oh, wait a minute, there's another way, or that that wasn't available to me before. This is not something that I I knew was possible.
1: Yeah, paradox fits in that group too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, those are like themes that I'm seeing now among these characters. And again, those are things I think we can relate to. I've met a lot of people who were very racist, homophobic. And then it's like, oh yeah, but you never actually met anybody who didn't look like you. Let's try that. And what happened Mm -hmm. after? And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's like, oh, like, yeah, no, I used to be that way, but I'm not that way anymore because I know people like that. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Like it is possible. Yeah, I think that's a big part of why we respond to redemption stories so much is because We see the things that we do in our own lives that cause harm to others, you know, whether intentional or unintentional, and we want redemption for ourselves, you know, even if we don't necessarily believe in a specific context that we deserve it, part of us wants that idea to exist, and so... It reflects in the media that we consume that even you know the most terrible, genocidal, evil people are still capable of self reflection and becoming redeemed and good. And, and I think that we we tell these stories to each other because we want that for ourselves. We want to believe that we're capable of redeeming ourselves from the things that we do that fuck others over.
0: Yeah. Again, those stories help me out a lot. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, because I thought, like I I couldn't be redeemed, you know, kind of thing, and and stories like that made me say, oh wait a minute, that's it's possible to to not be seen this way or to not be that way, mm-hmm. and and now as as an adult, like you have no idea how much even like I never considered. Bryce Walker being redeemable (laughs) and it's, it's the, the show came out last Friday uh, and it messed with my head. (laughs) It messed with my head, but it, but in a good way, you know, like, okay, like, oh, okay. When I'm remembering, right? Like professionally, like that's, that's my job and I love doing that. But like in my private life, like in my personal life, I, I wasn't like that. And, and to be honest, I think about Dragon ball all the time. I think about the character of Goku all the time. like, I'm very much a what would Goku do kind of person. <laughs> he's very much about like people are coming at him and he is extending an olive branch and he, he, like he befriends all of these other, all of these enemies because he's like super friendly. <laughs> he, you know, it's like we fought, we, we destroyed it. You know, like we, we, we saw the, the dispute and now do you want to hang out? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And people are always like, what? But he wins them over with, with kindness and with, um, and like, I think that's, that's one of my favorite things about 13 reasons why there's really this message under it. That is what effect would it have on the world? If we just cared about each other a little more, if we paid attention to each other a little more, if we, if we um, extended a helping hand more often, how many problems could we avoid? How many horrible things could we overcome if we if we simply had more acts of kindness? and And it's one of the reasons why, why I, I, I really like the show. And
1: you saying that reminded me of another example, which is the entirety of the show, The Good place <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what the good sh- the good place is about, that's right. The
1: good that's shit. Right. The good, the good shit. <laughs> I was going to say the good show.
0: I was going to say the good show, but uh, yeah, The Good Place. The Good Place is a good show. It's good shit.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. The, how, it's, it's hard. I, I, I love talking about The Good Place, but it's always like, oh, what's spoiler? What's not? Brendan, have you seen it? Never seen it.
1: Oh, you should watch it.
0: What are, What is your position on, on, on spoiling this, Lauren, at this point?
1: Uh, We're waiting do for you season mean, four. Do you mean like the spoiler heavy yeah. quotation marks of the fr- I for don't you think it's that- not a big for you it's, it's not, a not spoiler. it's not a spoiler to me
0: oh, okay so so brandon and then oh man like i hope nobody i hope we don't accidentally spoil this but this should make it more exciting for people to watch because like it's going to season four now the the show is about these four people no it's about this one person who wakes up and goes to heaven or, mm-hmm. or the good place they don't mm-hmm. call it heaven right so the good place and when she when they're like uh giving her orientation basically for the good place she realizes that she's not supposed to be there she's not the person that they think she is so mm-hmm. like there was an administrative mistake and they brought the wrong person into the good place she's not supposed to be there okay and and so she thinks that if she's able to be good when they, if they ever find out that she's not the right, the same, the person who's supposed to be there, by that point, she'll actually be good enough so that she can Oh, stay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting premise. Yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly say. It hooked.
0: Is, it is a very interesting premise. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, any other thoughts on on this topic uh, that you want to say before before we wrap up?
2: Redemption arcs are interesting, right? I it's kind of fun to just puzzle over them and and I think like thinking about what examples sort of stick out to us and I think that that you both kind of articulated this really well already but I think the the big take home for me is just how powerful it can be to see these really interesting engaging examples of people who have maybe stumbled in their journey a little bit and maybe done things that that weren't the the right thing or weren't the moral thing or whatever and see them be able to kind of come back around and get back on to maybe uh, a path that's I don't know a, a better path I guess and and it is a nice thing like for you Josue your example of how that was powerful and, and meaningful for you when you were younger to be able to connect and see like yeah the redemption is a thing that I can do too, kind of based mm-hmm. on where you were at at that time. I think that's just so cool. So it's yeah. fun to kind of puzzle over these examples.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah. Everybody, your homework this week. Uh, think about redemption stories that have really resonated with you and consider why, and then tell me because I'm interested.
0: Learn the homework on the Discord. On the Discord.
1: <laughs> or the forums. Or the forums.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Forum.geektherapy.com.
0: So many good places. Tweet them at us. We just hit 750 on the Facebook group. Heck yeah.
1: Hey, nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's after kicking out a few people. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, One other, uh, something I forgot to mention at the beginning is that there's a a book that inspired or that helped uh, inspire a lot of what geek therapy has become. It was published, I think, back in 2006 by Dr. Lawrence Rubin. It was called Using Superheroes in Counseling and Psychotherapy. It was, I had these ideas that are like what we talk about now every week, but I I found that book, and it was super validating. And I was able to reach out to Dr. Rubin, and he's been awesome to me. And he asked me to write the foreword for his follow-up to that book. And that book is called Using Superheroes and Villains in Counseling and Psychotherapy. And,
1: hey! Yeah.
0: <laughs> and obviously everything we're talking about, like, this was part of the inspiration for, for this episode. And uh, the book is out now. I wrote the foreword. i have never written a foreword before. It's very humbling. It's it's freaking awesome. Uh, Lara wrote a chapter in it. Uh, Sophie Ansari, who's also on the on the network on Hero Nation, wrote a chapter in it. It's, uh, it's out now. And... Yeah, so if you want to read some of uh, what we have to say, uh, definitely check out that book. Because, as we've established today, <laughs> stories like this really matter. So, thank you for listening. Yeah, go to all our social spaces. Uh, remember to geek out and do good. And by the way, I started a positivity channel on the Discord. I was like,
1: hey, hey. Minute, like
0: I'm always, I'm always saying like, mm-hmm. geek out, do good, and then we go like, let's let's try something. Because we don't have enough channels on the Discord. Not <laughs> nearly. Not nearly enough. So please remember to geek out into good. And we will catch you next week. This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our Patreon producers this month. Ben, Booney, Jamila, John, Kat, Lydia, Mark. And to our anonymous producers, thank you too. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com geektherapy.